Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Rob Dubay about understanding your work capacity. Rob Dubay, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. John, thanks for having me. It is such a pleasure to be with you today. It is a pleasure to be with you too. You're joining us from upstate Michigan. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about understanding our work capacity uh, for us individually, but also as leaders of teams. How do we help our people understand their capacity? How do we understand the capacity of our teams? Ultimately, with the goal of trying to maximize potential of our people and to work at capacity in a sustainable way so that we can accomplish great things and bring value to the market. So this is what we'll be discussing. As we get started, I wanted to share Rob's bio with everybody. Rob Dubay is the co-founder of Image One and the visionary behind the 10 Disciplines, a program that helps business leaders bring more balance and purpose back to their lives. He launched the program alongside Gina Whitman to help leaders take their success and happiness to the next level. Rob, is there anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we no, dive on into the conversation? No, I, th I think that's a wonderful way to get started and we can just build on it from there. All right. Well, why don't we start then by just defining work capacity? That's going to be really the crux of the conversation today. What do you mean by work capacity? And then we can start to think about how we can maximize that uh, well, and work at capacity. You know, I think it's it's a different answer for every single person. Um you will want to go inside yourself and understand the perfect number of hours per week and weeks per year that you can deliver the greatest value to the world. And hopefully you have some level of control on that, depending on where you are in certain size organizations and things of that nature. You don't have as much control, but nonetheless, it is something, it's an exercise worth spending time on and working your way towards the, towards that because ultimately when you have the amount of the, the best amount of space mainly in your mind you're going to do your best work we all know that feeling when we're sort of on the verge of burnout quite frankly we just don't do our best work and that's not where anybody in our organizations wants us to be yeah and like you said it, it this does differ you know for as many people you have in your organization what their capacity looks like and how they best fulfill that capacity is probably a little bit different for every single one of them. Yeah. And that really speaks to the need for more 
flexibility in how we design and, and actually structure the work that our people do. Uh, I just had an article that came out in Forbes a uh, day or two ago, uh, where in part I was trying to address this question, uh, looking at things like you have different flexibility options around four-day work weeks, or there's a lot of research out about you know the six-hour workday, or trying to help people create an environment where people can get into their flow state and, and trying to maximize those types of opportunities. But all of that looks different for everyone. And it depends on your business, right? It depends on you know, are you a manufacturing business? That's going to be very different in how you're going to design work there versus a retail operation. Or if you're in, in the knowledge economy and you have knowledge workers, you know, That's working right. in the office or working remotely. Um, so, I mean, the very simple, quick takeaway that we just need to mention, it almost is silly to mention, but there's no one size fits all. We can't just have some, some uh, cookie cutter approach to how we're trying to uh, get people to work at capacity. And if we try to shove that down, if we try to, you know, fit square pegs into round holes, then in fact, you're not getting capacity at all. And you're actually diminishing people's ability to get good work done, to be innovative, to be creative That's and right. really productive and efficient. That's right. That's right. You know, some of the things that, you know, one can think about when they're working on really determining what I like to call your 100%. You know, again, it's the perfect amount of hours per week and weeks per year that you can really deliver your value to this world, whatever that looks like for you. And, you know, once you're clear on that, and it does take some experimentation, and you mentioned flexibility, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have a level of flexibility in a role or in an organization, that really makes this so much easier. It's really getting clear on your work container and being able to set your boundaries, so if you have time, if you can time block and do things of that nature, so you know that you have your focus time and then maybe your meeting times, and then maybe some, you know, buffer time, which enables you to maybe catch up on emails or do some more administrative, you know, uh, tasks that only you can do. If you're in a um, higher level, you may even be able to do more delegating. So, you know, what I always like to encourage people is kind of look at your pay grade and then ask yourself, is the work I'm doing commensurate with the pay grade that I'm at right now? And if it's not, what do I need to do to delegate that work that I'm doing to somebody at the proper pay grade? And that isn't a demeaning thing. Please know that. Um, I'm a big proponent of servant leadership. So if we have to clean the toilets and sweep the, uh, sweep the floors, you know, I'm all for that. Uh, but You've been, you're in a position, especially if you're in a leadership position or, or an executive position or an entrepreneurship position, you were put here to do much bigger things. And what we want to do is flame that fire. You know, we really want to spark your creativity, really maximize it, get it going so you can do your best work, which ultimately ends up benefiting your entire team. Because when you're in flow state, as you mentioned, we like to call it floating, F-L-O-W-T. It's like you're in flow, but you kind of feel like you're floating in anything that's coming at you, the good stuff and the challenging stuff, you're just able to handle it because you're in such a float state. So, you know, that's the ultimate where we want you to be. And I like how you're describing that as a float state. Uh, I, I think that's a, a nice kind of adjustment to that. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah, the, you just want people to be able to get into the zone and be able to to do their best work. And, right. and again, it looks different for everyone. Um, some people, 
can put in really long hours and they don't have a lot of diminishing returns. And they, you know, I know for myself though, I work my best creativity. uh, My best productivity happens in the morning hours. uh, And the later into the evening that I get, I have serious diminishing returns. And there are times where you have to do it. You just have to press through and you just got to get stuff done. Everyone has those things. There's things you don't want to do, but you got to do, and you just got to get it done for the customer or whatever, like those things happen. But I know generally as a general rule, as I go throughout my, my work week, my work days, that I'm going to try to kind of front load a lot of the heavy thinking work into the morning hours. And if I have more routinized stuff that needs to get done, uh, I'm not super thrilled about having to do it, but I know I need to do it. You know, I can do that, but maybe I'll do that when I'm, my, my mental state is dragging and lagging a little bit in the later afternoon hours or something like that. Um, I can put on some music and I can just get some stuff done. Um, you know, sometimes same thing when, as I'm thinking about how I'm scheduling meetings or what the purpose of the meetings are, that's, that's me and other people are, are, are night people. Like they're going to be way more productive in the evening hours and that's fine. And so I think one of the things as we're thinking about flexibility, for example, is for me as a leader to not assume that the way that it works for me is going to work for everyone else. Right. And, and then to try to structure everyone else's work to mimic mine. Part of that's just having a, a intellectual humility to recognize that just because I'm, you know, I'm in my role because I've been successful. I've been successful up to this point. Um, I have habits, I have um, approaches and tools that have helped me get to where I'm at. And so it's very easy to kind of have an intellectual arrogance about that and say, well, it worked for me, it's going to work for you. So now I'm going to impose this onto my team. Guess what? It's not going to work. Not only is it not going to work because people don't like being told, you know, and micromanage in that way, but it's also not going to work just because people are different and what's going to be optimal for them. Uh, So I, I have to get past that from the get-go, I need to build in as much flexibility as possible uh, for people to be able to work in a way that makes most sense for them while still meeting the needs of the organization and the team. I can't completely sacrifice that, of course. Um, But ultimately, if I can create that fertile ground, that environment and cultivate um, that kind of a, a mindset amongst my people, you know, then, you know, people know, they know if they need to get up and take a break. And for me, I'm, I may be thinking, oh, get back to work. Why are you taking a, you know, a mid-afternoon break? But they know if they just go walk around for 15 minutes and chat with somebody that they're going to be able to come back and be more invigorated and refocus and get right back into what they're doing and be far more productive than they would if they're just sitting at their desk dragging. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of like butts and seats, seat time, yeah. um, put, you know, office presence and just like making sure you're seen in the office, all of that just seems silly to me, frankly. Um, because it doesn't acknowledge the vast difference of not only preferences and styles, but just in, in, in terms of how people actually their physiology works, yeah. uh, in, in terms of their optimal time of day and, and all of that. I love what you're saying, John, because, you know, when it comes to you, when it comes to people, everyone is so unique in their own way. And when we can embrace that and, um, allow them to be free, to be completely themselves 100% of the time, 24-7, 365. That's such a gift as a leader that you're giving to them. You're also giving them some empowerment to say, I trust you to get done what needs to get done at the highest level that we need it done. 
And short of that happening, you've got what you need in terms of support from me. And one of the things I always like to share is I notice that sometimes you have what I like to call people who are hard, hard and people who are hard, easy. And the hard, hard people are the people where things are hard, they're hard to work with. So the flexibility or whatever it is that's in place, it's not working for the two of you in, in a, in a um, it's not flowing for the two of you or for the group. Now the hard, easy people are obviously the opposite. That's when there's hard things that need to be done. They're easy to work with. You just feel it. There's an energy that exudes from the two of you or from a group and that's magic. So, you know, just having the awareness of when you're going through hard, challenging situations, which happens on a weekly basis in pretty much every business, is is this hard, hard right now? Or is this hard, easy? And that can really help you gauge the level of flexibility and how that's paying off for you. And maybe do you have the right person in the right seat or not? Yeah, right person, right seat, definitely. Uh, and then just thinking through again, you know, how, how they're going to work most effectively. So how do you you know, on the one hand, I'm just thinking, just know your people, right? Just right. have relationships with your people, talk to your people, ask them what they need, how you can best support them, what is going to work best for them. I mean, it may just be that simple <laughs> to just have those conversations. But I'm wondering if you have additional thoughts on how we can better understand not just ourselves, but but everyone on our team so that we can create, cultivate that environment where people can be optimized? Yeah, well, it's a great question. And actually, I actually think it starts with the leader and the leader needs to be served as well. So I know so many leaders, and I really appreciate this about leaders, is they are very servant-minded. So they, they're always, you know, oftentimes trying to accommodate the needs of the team, but it really has to be a two-way street. So it's not just the leader accommodating the needs of the team, but the team needs to accommodate the needs of the leader. The leader is in that position for a reason. It's because they do their best work, usually at a much higher level. And that, and to do that, you need to be supportive. And when you know you're supported, you have the space to do your best work, the mind space that's needed to allow the creativity within you to spark so you can go out and make the greatest impact. So it's all about freedom, creativity, and impact. And if your team isn't properly supporting you as much as you are them, then you're going to have, you're going to be blocked. And when you're blocked, you can't move forward. The creativity is not sparking and you're not going to be making the proper impact that's needed in this world. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And again, it comes back to self-care. Um, I, yes. as a leader, I, I'm a big believer in servant leadership. I, I, I do believe that the best leaders have a servant mindset, but you can't give from an empty well. You have to, <laughs> you have to refill that, right? And you have to protect yeah. your own mental and physical well-being. Uh, and you have to be able to recognize and maximize your own capacity and potential. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to do it for your people, right? right? So so we always need to make sure that we, we, we are refilling our well, either through stuff that I'm doing through self-care or by the way I set up and structure the team in such a way that it can, we can mutually benefit and we can right. mutually reinvigorate each other, right? right. Uh, and as a leader, I, I have the ability to influence that. Um, so it's not an either or. It's not like you're either a complete doormat constantly just giving of yourself until you're exhausted yeah. and then you can't give any more or you're a complete jerk who like is a micromanaging right. you know authoritarian who you know it, it th that's a false dichotomy obviously most people are somewhere uh in the middle uh and just wherever you happen to fall along that spectrum just remember 
that you do need to make sure that what you're doing is sustainable. Um, we all, we all probably can work at a much higher capacity on a one-off. You know, you have like this emergency deadline. Uh, you just got to get stuff done. You can work longer, harder, more focused hours uh, on a one-off, you know, for a day or maybe a week, maybe. Um, but it's not sustainable. Like if, if you want people to be creative and productive uh, and innovative on an ongoing basis, like daily, weekly, year after year, then you have to do that in a self-renewing way uh, so that people uh, can you continue do. to bring their best self to work. So how do, how do we start going about doing that, that self-renewal piece yeah. and that, that sustainability piece? Here's some thoughts. And, you know, you really want to build a strong foundation. Part of what we talked about already is, a, is part of that foundation. It's knowing you're 100%. Um, you know, another thing I always like to talk about is actually taking time off. And I know that seems you know, like a simple thing, but here's the twist. What I always encourage people to do is take that time off, but don't think about work the entire time. You're completely free of it. That means you can't sneak in and check on your email real quick, try to clean it up. That means, you know, no checking in real quick at the office, even if you're on a seven day vacation or something like that. We actually encourage 130 days with no work. Now, if that sounds overwhelming, let me try to put a little bit of perspective to it. If you took every weekend off, you took every U.S. holiday off, and you had about three weeks vacation, that would be darn near 130 days. Now, imagine the re how your mind and body re-energizes re itself during 130 days that are weekends, holidays, and vacations. Those are our times to recharge, but we don't really do that so much anymore. You know, people are on vacation. They're still checking their emails. They're checking in. They, they're reading business books. They're trying to grow in their career and try to, re, you know, continually educate themselves. That's their time. They bring their big stack of books to, to jam through is on vacation. And what, what I want to encourage is find that time, block that time when you're back in the mix of things. But when it's weekend time, when it's holiday time, and when it's uh, vacation time, set yourself free, re-energize your mind, re-energize your body. You will be so much more efficient. You will be so much more creative, and you will be making greater impact. You will notice the difference. You're on the verge of burnout. I mean, we are going so hard these days. It's unbelievable. And, um, and we, need, we need to slow down. And we all know that adage, in order to speed up, you need to slow down. Yeah, it's very true. And I know sometimes it's tempting, especially in a tight labor market where you're, oh, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to find new people uh, to come in and help your team. It's, it's, it's tempting and it may even feel like a necessity that you just got to dump more on your existing people. But we got to really try hard to not do that because- all you're going to end up doing is burn those people out. A lot of them will end up leaving and then you're going to be in even worse shape. That's or right. if they don't leave, you know, you might have the quiet quitting that happens or, or, or psychological withdrawal that happens. And then people aren't being as productive, engaged, you know, and, and innovative anyways. And so maybe they're not even great to have there anymore. And so we, we just can't, we have to, we need to set aside the, you know, the, the mindset around just strict efficiencies and productivity 
um, in trying to squeeze every last ounce out of our people until they hit the breaking point. And then, you know, some, some companies do think, well, I'm just going to get everything out of them. I can, we'll kind of use them up, spit them out. They, if they last a year or two, then we'll bring in the next people. Most comp, you know, I, I have problems with that mentality anyways, but you know, even if that's your strategy, most companies could not get away with that. No. Um, and you're going to be in a world of hurt if that's your, your staffing strategy. Um, so, <laughs> so let's just look at how we can do this more sustainably. Yeah. Um, everyone wants to be productive. Everyone wants to come do their best work. Everyone wants to learn and grow. Uh, well, I should say at least most people do, um, they come to work and they want to be productive. They want they to contribute. Do. They, they want to have meaning and purpose in the work that they do. So let's create an environment where that can happen, where they can feel renewed and fulfilled, uh, and then they'll they'll contribute back and they'll they'll make your organization great. It's the people in the organization that will make it great. That's true. That's so true. And you know, some other things that we can do as leaders and encourage our team members to do is to truly get to know thyself. So this is where you know we I mentioned before where we want to be able to show up and be ourselves a hundred percent of the time you know, be the unique person that we are. And, uh, and that starts with leadership. When the leader is being truly authentic 100% of the time, that energy is picked up on by the team and the team feels that they can be open and be themselves 100% of the time. And when you're truly yourself, there's an energy and a freedom that comes along with that. And that's where you do your best work. You don't feel constricted. You don't feel blocked like you're trying to be something that you're not. And people pick up on when you're trying to be something that you're not. So as a team, things that we can do that are somewhat simple and pretty common, things that you already know about, and I'm sure most of your listeners, but you can start by dipping your toe in the water with some of the profiling tools that are out there. Those are always a great and kind of fun and easy way to get to know each other. And then, you know, with a lot of them, you start referring to people as whatever their profile was and things of that nature. That's dipping your toe in the water. You know, as an individual, both as a leader and as a team member, take it upon yourself to go on an inner journey and really start to understand, you know, where some of your challenges in life have come from and how you might be able to start, you know, meeting them square up. And that will allow your true self to come forward. And so that's that's a personal journey that I always encourage because I think it's one worth taking. Mental health is such a hot topic these days. And for good reason, people are struggling mightily and there is plenty of help out there. And um, thank goodness it's a topic that's so much easier to discuss these days because when you get on the right track with that, again, your energy frees up, you start to become unblocked and it's really magical. And that helps you in your work environment. And of course, it translates into your personal life and the people that you're dealing with, your loved ones, your friends, you know, the, the just yeah. the communities that you're in. Yeah, well said, Rob. This has just been a, a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you taking Thank your you, time Jim. and sharing your insights Thank with you me, my audience me. today. Before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with my audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, uh, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, sure. Um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to spend time with you today, John. I appreciate your work. Um, the best place to find any information on me and what I'm up to is the10disciplines.com. 
the10disciplines.com. And, you know, I think there's, it's so rich, the conversation that we're having on this topic, that what I would just suggest is try not to become too overwhelmed with it. You know, start slowly, find one thing that you can really focus on, do your best to get that mastered, and then take the next one, take it in bite-sized chunks. And, you know, within some period of time, you'll look back and say, wow, I really got a lot going on here. This is good stuff. Rob, it's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what Rob and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.